0: welcome everybody to a special episode number 15 of the hustle sanctuary and our guest today is the super dope producer benny cassette thank you for joining us man what up in uh we're we're on your home court right now in your studio the the
1: traveling
0: podcast um man thank you for taking the time sure yeah to do this man you know um Everybody's got a story and, you know, your story, um, from what I know of it, I know we're going to dig into it, yep. but I'm sure a lot of transition, yep. right? And um, let's let's just dive right in and, and take us back to like maybe, you know, um, the synopsis of when you were a kid and when you started, you know, finding out about your, your uh, enjoyment with music and stuff like that.
1: Um, well, it's interesting because, you know, I meet all these amazing artists and musicians that were like, you know, these child prodigies. And grew up and were great musicians and all this and I was nothing of the sort at all I um didn't grow up playing music I didn't grow up really doing music I was pretty much like a kid that did graffiti and and painted and um you know was kind of like a street kid just an LA kid I grew up on the east side of LA and um
0: like most kids on the east side got in a lot of trouble <laughs> as a kid and um and ended were up were you in you know, Venice like deep in the streets in Venice doing tagging like no, where I was, was like, this happening I was like you
1: know I was like MacArthur Park Echo Park okay you know Elysian Park yeah like over here East LA and um and, you know, I, I grew up around pretty much all Mexicans and Salvadorians. And then I got bussed to all black schools. And I grew up in an Italian, Spanish household. So it was kind of a, a mix of environments to say the least. Wow. And, um, and I, I basically started doing music because, um, you know, to the Cliff Notes version is I got in a lot of trouble as a kid. And, um, when I, uh, I'll just call it when I got out of trouble for a second. <laughs> When I was released from trouble for a second, I was given the opportunity to, um, go to an art high school. And at that art high school, I met somebody that, um, I met this girl who, um, was, was part of a a faith. Um, and she introduced me to that faith and I kind of thought it was a joke. And Mm. I was like, you know, I didn't, wasn't really a kid that believed in God and, wasn't really into What it. Age, what age were this? Uh, you, I was 14. Okay, high school. Yeah, okay. and um a lot of my friends were getting in serious trouble. So for me, I wasn't a dumb kid, so I knew, you know, it's kind of one of those Moments that I think everybody has at a different age. where When you,
0: you say serious trouble, are you talking like little kid, like throwing eggs shit? No, no, are you talking no, about like actually to, locked up, like jail. real, yeah, real to,
1: stuff? Okay. Like friends going to jail, friends, yeah. friends getting shot. Wow. Um, that yeah. kind of stuff. And so I, I was at a crossroads and I knew based on my environment and my, I guess, street smarts, there was, I was either going to go one way or I was going to figure out how to go the other way. And uh, I was, you know, I was terrified of of going the wrong way. So at any rate, you know, they I got introduced to this youth kind of performance group, like a faith-based youth performance group. And um and the funny thing is it was at this uh this Baha'i Center on the corner of La Siena Gun Rodeo, and so this girl says, Yeah, you should come. We meet there every Sunday. So I had a lot of friends that lived in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And that neighborhood is for those of you who don't know, is basically just next to it is an area called the jungle. So I had a lot of friends that lived in the jungle <laughs> and, I, and we always wondered what that building was. It's this big blank, like beige building. Is it like housing
0: projects or something? Well, the jungle, like? The yeah.
1: jungle is like, they're like these old school kind of townhomes that were built really like in the 40s and 50s for white people. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't know Los Angeles, like Watts, Compton, what they call South Central, started off as like white neighborhoods. And then like started to become like lower income neighborhoods. And so a lot of people don't realize that a lot of those homes and buildings down there were originally built for middle class <sighs> families. So the jungles is like, they look, they look pretty nice, but I mean, there's a lot of like shady people living there, including my friends at the time. So we went to this Baha'i Center on this Sunday and, um, and man, like the amount of like cute girls that were in this youth group was like mind blowing. It's yeah. like we hit the jackpot. We were like, yo, it's just like <laughs> low hanging fruit in the middle of the hood. And, um, and you know, we were so excited, but we quickly learned that none of these girls were trying to hook up with us and they were all terrified of us anyway. Because a so, faith-based
0: cause thing, they were right? Faith-based, yeah, it was like a yeah, faith-based yeah. group. Like, and this is, this is the Baha'i faith <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so, like all, like, all that. of a sudden, yeah.
1: like, all these, you know, these dudes, <laughs> like, in hoodies <laughs> and, and, like, corduroy slippers and dickies <laughs> show up and we're hanging out. And so, they were, they were, you know, they got over it quick. For me, I was intrigued by the idea that there was a group of these, you know, suburban youth that were actually getting together on Sundays for hours and praying and rehearsing and I don't know it was like it was weird to me I'd never seen kids do that before Mm. I was like they're that focused and that disciplined that they can just sit up in here and take it this serious and so I started going every Sunday and eventually people started talking to me you know I wasn't like just the weird kids sitting in the corner (laughs) that nobody wanted to talk to but eventually they started talking to me and then eventually they were like hey do you want to join the group and I didn't even know what that meant the music group yeah this they did like skits and like dance routines, like stuff that I thought was were you super play? corny. I yeah. was like, I was like, this is so corny, but like, still, I went, I was still going. So then I was like, they were like, do you want to join the group? And I was like, yeah, I'll join the group. Like, and they're like, but you have to do something in the show. Hmm. And I was like, I'm not doing any of your dances. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing any of your like corny skits. I was like, I'm going to be the rapper really yeah that's what i said so i was just thinking i'm just gonna like so i wrote some little raps and like everybody's (laughs) like yeah they're so supportive like it's so good so then they're like hey do you want to go on on um we every summer we go on like cross-country trips and like perform all over the country and and i was like um how much does it cost and they're like it's free Mm. and they're like where do we stay they're like we stay at different people's homes to take care of us i was like so you mean i get to leave my neighborhood and see parts of the country I've never seen for free for two months. And they're like, yeah, like, let's do this. Hey on. Hey on. <laughs> I'm on this bus. First show is, like, at a juvenile hall in Albuquerque, New Mexico. What? Like, because that was the thing, that they would, they would do these shows, like... A to ju- spread ju- the message, ju- kind of, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. to spread unity and to, like, yeah. you know, gra- it's, like, basically grassroots teaching, basically. And, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, and, um, yeah. And it was cool because it wasn't, like preachy it was like they it was like a group of diverse kids that were trying to show that there was an alternate type of life that you could live yeah and i was all for that because i wasn't part of this faith I, I wasn't involved in it yet i was still learning about it i just mm-hmm. was trying to get a free trip yeah, so yeah. it's like so we're in albuquerque and i get on stage and i do my little rap and i was awful mm. so like all the kids that are like all these little prisoners are like heckling snickering wow <laughs> hissing and i was like so, like, not Crush, yeah, right? crushed, right? Were you crushed? I yeah. was just felt yeah. embarrassed. I was like, everybody, I got there. It was like, Man, it's cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So then, with like next show is like Phoenix, exact same thing happened, like heckling, like all that. So I'm like, Yo, I'm not getting booed or heckled anymore. Yeah. So on the bus, everybody was asleep, you know, at night, and like we're trapped, we're driving to the next state or whatever. And I'm on the bus, and I'm like, I'm going to teach myself how to freestyle. Mm. So I'm like, Highway, my way, flyway, tree, just every word I can think of, you know what I mean? And so, the next show, I get on stage and I start freestyling about what people are wearing in the audience. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, oh, and that became my way of breaking the ice when I would get on stage. And then all these kids would come up to me after the show and they would start talking to me. And all of a sudden, I'm talking to these kids, basically doing gang and drug intervention, Wow. Because I came from that same world, so wow. I understood the lingo. I knew all the gangs. You know, I could speak sp- Spanglish basically. Yeah. You know, so they all were starting to talk to me, and I really got addicted to this idea of like performing and then taking that energy and using it to to baby, you know, basically do some good with it. You know, Man. and um, so when I got out of that group, I was like, I just got to figure out how to do this professionally because I was like, it was so much cooler than painting to me. It was so much cooler than hanging a canvas in a gallery or doing a graffiti piece because I could share a piece of music with you and get an instantaneous reaction and connect with you instantly. Like you instantly wanted to talk to me if you heard something from me that you liked. For sure. And I just, I, man, I just, I fell in love with it, man. I was just like, it was, it was literally a drug for me.
0: You don't have any rappers that you look up to that you sort of took some of their style, you know what I mean? And, well, and I was had still, that influence on in I you? was still awful.
1: Like I mean, I was. But good. But you there. got you got love from the crowd, <laughs> yeah, right? I, I, I was good, and you know, I was good for that. Like I could pull off like my three four
0: minutes, but I think look, it's like me. I could play like one Beethoven song on exactly. a piano. Yeah, it was think kind I'm of dope. It was, it was kind of like, <laughs> like when you're like at Christmas and like your little niece is like, yeah. "Charlie's gonna play,"
1: and yeah. she plays a song perfectly, and, and then they ask her yeah. like, "Hey, like something like <laughs> freestyle something," you're
0: like. Ah.
1: Exactly. I was like that kid I could hold down a good like four or five yeah. minutes but after that but it was something about it I was just addicted to music and so I was like yo I'm gonna like start making my own beats mm. and um everybody was like you don't know anything about music like what are you doing and like everybody told me just paint hmm. just do that like you'll be great so I like sold my little cheap ass car I had and I bought like this some little rinky-dink equipment and I started to teach myself how to make beats and I was awful like mm. I didn't even know like what a hi-hat was I didn't like I had no sense of like how to put it but everybody told me that i was so bad and that i was never gonna make it that i like loved it it just made me it made me want to do it so bad like we were just like dude like just paint trust us (laughs) wait so like the
0: the hate the haters fueled you you're saying so you could get better
1: i just you know i feel like i had a great work ethic. So yeah. I always feel like I just outworked my lack of talent.
0: Usually there's that moment, right, where somebody is like, Man, like I, I heard my first uh, you know, uh, primo beat. And right. I was like, man, I was that that was it. You know, there wasn't I, that moment for I you don't with think this, I right? That.
1: I think my moment was that I just really loved performing and I loved connecting with people and I wanted to figure out how to do it on a bigger scale. Okay. And so for me, you know, and I also have a bit of an addictive personality. So, for me, I, it was this challenge of trying to figure out how to make something that was competitive, something that would get people excited. And I never was shy about playing what I was doing for people. So, as bad
0: as it was, I'd be like, yo, listen to this. Yo, listen to yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. I would just – people would be like, yeah. Would you, cool. get, would you get feedback? I mean, would you get any constructive feedback? Like, why don't you try switching this up or would it just be like they weren't feeling it and that'd be it? I never really got – at that time,
1: I was never really getting constructive feedback because I wasn't playing it for people that really could give me any constructive okay, I feedback. You, I was you, playing for you. people that were just like, oh, it's okay, right? It's cool." I mean, you know, and I eventually got, I eventually got decent at it. Mm. You know, to the point where I could sell. You know, I was selling beats to people in the neighborhood for like 50 bucks nice. you know I that's could, a hustle i can <laughs> record him a, a song for like kind of like this like to welcome set to benny's like, first hustle yeah, man. Like, right. you know, 100 bucks and, yeah. and i remember you know at that time i wanted to be able to say that i made music for a living mm-hmm. so you know i had been doing odd jobs and i just stopped doing the odd jobs and i just did music. straight music and i was so broke but like when people would ask me what do you do for a living? I would say I make music. And then people would be like, no, but like, what do you do for money? And I'd be like, music. That's and, dope. And that was that was empowering for me and mm. it was just like, it created an energy inside me because I knew so many people mm. that had a job and then they did what they loved on the side. Yeah. And I was like, I'm never going to do that. Like, I want to just do what I love and if it means I have to eat hot dogs and like- You'll do it.
0: Ramen, ramen. <laughs> ramen yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. And whatever else, every but- day, like- why, go more into that? Like why do you think it's 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 uh why do you think people shouldn't do that? Why why do you think they should just go all in?
1: I just think when you're um when you're back to the wall and like you sent the ships home mm-hmm. and you cut the bridge and yeah. all that like there is no plan B. And whenever people say like what's your plan B? I never understood that cuz I was like if you have a plan B then subconsciously you're always ready to fall back because yep. it's almost like you know, it's like when I talk to people And again, I'm not, I'm not neither here nor there in this, but like when you talk to people about prenups and it's kind of like, I, I think the concept of like, you know, I get it. Everybody gets divorced these days, but like, if you get a prenup, you're kind of telling yourself this isn't going to work out. You know, it's like, I'm in love with you, but it's probably not going to last. So let's do a prenup so so you don't take everything when it ends. And I kind of felt like that with, with career and with like your art, you know, and all the great artists, like. I read a lot of biographies like Picasso didn't have a plan B. Mm. Matisse didn't have a plan B. Mm. You know, Mozart and Beethoven didn't have a Miles Davis definitely didn't have a plan B. <laughs> Quincy Jones, you know, like John Lennon, all the people that we love and respect, there was no plan B. Dr. J didn't have a plan B. Yeah, You know, it was like, you just figure it out. And for me, I think I ended up getting to a place where if I was just going to make music, for myself and like the 15 people around me that would listen
0: to it for the rest of my life that was what it was going to be mm. but i was always going to be making music well, when you I really was, made uh, this leap and you're like all right like you're eating hot dogs and ramen right. like you just said like right. on the early side
1: i did that for a while and then i was fortunate because some stuff happened for me okay you know like um you got a couple placements i ended, or up, getting, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ended up getting a publishing deal i ended up yeah getting, um you know i ended up getting like some stuff happening for myself, and so I, I only, you know, I, I kind of went through that phase for like maybe a couple years, uh-huh. and then these things happened that sort of confirmed that okay, I'm on the right track. Now the flip side is that those things also fell apart. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. man, that's right, that's yeah. right. You know, like I had, I heard, bad.
0: I heard a great quote recently. Um, this this book called "Ego is the Enemy." I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard of it, heard but it, yeah. But the guy, the author said, we're either in one of three places at any given time. We're either in aspiration, yep. success, or failure. Yeah. And that's so true. Yeah. Absolutely true.
1: Yeah. So, I had aspiration, <laughs> I had success, and then, you know, I don't really know if I believe in failure necessarily, but I understand the, I understand the concept. When it falls apart.
0: Maybe not failure, yeah. but
1: but ending. How about ending? That's I probably like a better I think, word. I think like, and in the end is always the beginning. So, well said, so man. I think for me there was an I follow you on Facebook, so I yeah. need to drop a couple of <laughs> yeah. these posts. Yeah. So I, I, think, <laughs> I think that um there was an ending to what I call like my first phase of all this where it didn't work out on paper, but yeah. I kind of came out of the other side of it understanding like how the business part of it worked. Mm-hmm. And understanding just like my- More seasoned, I guess, right? Well, I just think like it's hard because you, you know, you're being creative and you're making music without any um, pressure or stress or expectation, but then you insert yourself into the music business and then you have to kind of shift gears and remember that this is artist commerce. And the people that are really dictating, quote unquote, dictating the path your music is going to take are number crunchers. Mm. So essentially like you have to remember that you're making music that's a commodity. And when you forget that, you can also kind of fall victim to it. And so it's a double edged sword cuz you don't want it to ever dictate your creativity but you want to at least be aware. See of that's it. a that's a
0: fine line, right?
1: And I had no clue of it. So yeah. I needed to I needed to experience it and understand that people as much as they told you they believed in you and they loved you and they were your A&R, or they were your manager, or they were this, they were in survival mode too. So the moment that you weren't going to put food on the table for them was the moment that they had to move on to the next thing. And that was like something hard for me to realize. And I, you know, it kind of knocked me, knocked the wind out of me, but I had to go through it. And everybody, I feel like has to go through it, but I, I went through it and I realized very quickly, like, Okay, I get it. Just cause they like you doesn't mean like they're always gonna have it. It's not friend.
0: ride or die. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah, ride or die. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like ride. But you strike me, you're kind of a ride or die dude though, right? For like, for, you know, your friends. And, I mean, I and, just and, like, I go beyond, you know, I'm like all about
1: connection and like yeah. energy and all that. So I go beyond the business transaction and like I, I don't, I personally don't like to work with people I can't have coffee with on the weekends. For sure. So I that's sort of my thing. Like I always want to meet everybody I work with beforehand. There's got to be a vibe, right? There's gotta be yeah, a vibe yeah, yeah. Like, life is too yeah. short, yeah, so it's like sure. I don't for want sure. to work with people. I don't want to hang out with. For sure. Um. So anyway, that was sort of the first phase of okay. the Benny cassette. <laughs> Journey was like a little bit of a crash and burn.
0: So again, so you you did your you 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 were ho- you sucked at first. <laughs> then you got better, and it led you you know pretty soon after to a publishing deal. Yeah. And then that sort of fell apart. Yep. And okay, so this is perfect for the show, man. <laughs> all right, so take us into the next iteration of Benny. Cassette. So the next
1: iteration <laughs> like, was basically I um I kind of didn't know what to do at that point. I had basically run through all my money. Mm. um and my um my grandmother got really sick who was you know she was a lot basically like my mother Mm. um and she got really sick and so i i just felt like i needed to figure out how to take care of her as best i could she lived on her own she didn't want to move out of her place so there was no like let's put her in a convalescent hospital um so anyway i i um I took care of her for a little over three And you put the years. music
0: fully on hold for that time?
1: It was for the most part? just more of like survival mode. Like music wasn't paying the bills. Like okay. music wasn't, I wasn't making any money doing music. Because
0: again, all right, so this is doubly hard. So again, so everything kind of like fell apart at that point and you gotta take care of your grandma yeah now. so
1: I just needed to figure out how to keep money coming in again it was just odd jobs and whatever jobs, whatever okay. I could do to, to help out and keep but
0: most money. of it was not music based it that was money. music yeah, based yeah, yeah, once yeah, in a while yeah, I would jump yeah. on the
1: laptop yeah. and mess around and okay. come up with ideas so it, at any rate I went through this period where my grandmother was sick um I went through a really bad breakup, like everything you could Everything imagine. hit at once? Everything hit it once. Wow. And then my grandmother passed. Yeah. And then right before she passed, she told me, mijo, go do your music.
0: Mm. And
1: um, and I didn't know exactly what it meant, but it was almost like she was telling me to go. She was just saying, like, you're free now, like, go in. That's
0: a beautiful moment right and, there. Um,
1: and... I was so depressed and so broke and so down because everything had just, I felt like I lost all my friends. I lost my, basically my mom. I lost my girl. I had like no wow. money. So I started making, um, songs as therapy. Yeah. So I just like put my headphones on and I started making. You music. weren't even concerned about slanging these beats, right? Like you weren't. I didn't it, it, it think it was, anybody was ever going to hear this music. Okay. This was just music for me. Okay. Because I needed to to tell the story and yeah. to like expose these emotions. So I got to yeah. get them out somehow. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't afford a therapist. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was going to go and pay somebody two hundred bucks an hour to say <laughs> my heart is broken. And I'm so sad. <laughs> so I made these songs, and then like I um finished this this little batch of songs and had all these ideas and i'm listening to the songs and i'm like man this is the most honest raw stuff i've ever done and it was like the first time i think it was because it was the first time i had made music
0: this is this is by the way this is production this isn't are you rapping or no, singing, singing on this singing. oh you were singing okay. yeah i was okay. singing okay. Um,
1: these are songs these are like my artist songs i had never really produced for anybody so i was just singing these songs okay and um So I I had these songs and I was like, man, these are very honest and real. And Mm. I've never felt like this with my own music before. So I knew two people (laughs) in the business still, literally. Like a publicist and like this lady at this blog that I still kind of knew. Okay. And I was like, I wonder if they would like... Like, this song. You
0: hit them up for feedback so on So, I was like, hey, stuff. can I send yeah. you a song to yeah. see what
1: you think? And they were like, of course. You know, where have you been? Da, 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 I've heard you for so long. Yeah. So, I sent them both the song. They both hit me right back. Like, this song is amazing. Mm. The girl from the blog was like, can I post it up? The publicist was like, can I send this to people? Next thing I knew, I like, my artist song was like on all these blogs. And wow. everybody was like posting them. And then they were wow. like, do you have any more? And I was like, yeah, I got one more song. So, I sent them another song. Same thing. It was like, and I'm on all these You weren't blogs. expecting this. No, I wasn't even. I, that
0: is very dope. I didn't man. even care. I, I like that. Like. I like that. So
1: then, um, a couple months later, this A R at Universal Publishing is like trying to get in touch with me. Mm-hmm. So she like tracks me down and she's like, "You gotta, you know, I gotta meet you. Like I've heard the stuff that's on the blogs. Like I want to like hear more." I was like, "All right, whatever." So I go to her office and um, I sit there for like three hours and I'm playing her like all these sketches and ideas and songs. And she was like, "I don't understand." I was like, "What?" She was like, "How does nobody know who you are?" <laughs> and, like, and like, you're not doing anything. I was like, and I was just basically like, "I don't care." Like, I'm not trying to be in the music business. I don't care like what people. Is think. that really true, though, That's man? Absolutely true. You were really done with it. I was. I just didn't because you already saw it unravel, and you were like, "You have to." You, you, you couldn't you get have, that taste out of your mouth, or what? I, mean, I think you have to keep in mind when three of like the most important things in your life are taken away from you. It's crazy. And you're like very low and very humble and you don't really have a support network. I think like all of this stuff just becomes mundane. Oof. Like all of the career and recognition and all those things that we think about, you know, all the time in our ego, because your ego shattered. So you don't, so you're not attached to anything. Right. So for me, it was less about like, like, I don't care that you like my music. It was more of like, I have nothing to give you. Like, I have nothing to give in this meeting except I can press play on my laptop. I have, I don't, I can't play the game. I just don't have the energy. You had
0: no more energy. To
1: yeah, had no yeah. more energy. Like, yeah. I just had music in my laptop and me. Wow. As raw as could be. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, if you get in a car accident and you break every bone in your body and your car gets crushed and somebody says, Hey, you want to go play a game of basketball? You're like, I can go watch, <laughs> but I don't have the energy or capacity feel to, jump that, to get in the game. I feel that. And I was that dude. I was like I full that. body cast, wow. sitting in the bleachers and I could draw up a play for you, but I couldn't jump in the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's real talk. So she's like, doesn't she's like, this is crazy. Like you have to meet some people. Like Friday night, we're having this bowling party, you know, for our company, whatever. You gotta come. Mm. And I was like, all right, whatever. So Friday night comes around. I go to this bowling party with her. All of these people there I never knew or heard of. And writers, artists, producers. Yeah, so yeah, she's yeah. walking me around and introducing yeah, me. This yeah. is Benny Cassette. Blah, 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 blah. Like all these people I didn't know. Yeah. So then she's like, oh, let me introduce you to this guy. You know, he's the guy that discovered Hit Boy. Mm. So she introduced me to this guy, Ricky. And then we start talking and she's telling him like, Benny's an amazing artist mm-hmm. and he produces his own stuff. You've got to hear it. And Ricky's like, dude is like, all right, give me your number. Hmm. So I give him my number. and He's like, "I hit you in a couple of days." We walk away, and then Lindsay, the A and R, is like, "Oh, that's um, like Ricky is Kanye's cousin." Oh shit! Okay. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. I'll never hear from him. So I, I <laughs> never hear from him. Yeah, bo- yeah, yeah. I leave this bowling yeah. I leave
0: this bowling party, and I'm just kind of like, Wait, wait! I gotta stop the story here. Was, was part of you like? Because we didn't really touch on this, was part of you like I don't really want to go to this uh, bowling thing because that's just not where my headspace is—not in the hustling and the getting to meet people and all that. Did you almost not go to this bowling party? Yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't know if I wanted to go because I had developed
1: a little bit of this social anxiety because I just didn't. You were like, coming out of the I cast did, still, basically, it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I like barely had like gas money, and I wasn't really confident. So for me, it was just kind of like I, I had been
0: in the shell so long (laughs) for sure man i want to touch on that though because i think as just a life principle you know you you never know like i made myself go because
1: i just was like i gotta get out like i'm gonna kill myself yeah like if i just keep wallowing on on a couch somewhere you know so that was part of it
0: like vanilla sky for a moment yeah (laughs) and then then when i left
1: i was i was like that was nice because i kind of felt a taste of like what it's like to be in the business.
0: Yo, and this is the kind of first moment you felt that in like three years, right? Probably longer. Yeah. Longer. It's probably been longer four. than that. Yeah, wow. four or five years. And um, wow.
1: and so I um I get home um to where I was staying at the time, and then um literally two days later, this guy texts me. Hey man, you know, Ricky the, Kanye's yeah. cousin. It's <laughs> yeah. Cool, yeah. And um, and he's like, you know, what are you doing? Let's link up at the studio. And I was like, Alright, cool. So I meet him at the studio and um he's like playing me some music. So same thing, I play him like two hours two and a half hours of music and he's like what's your uh like what's your goal like what are you Mm. trying to do and I was like I don't really have a goal I was like did you tell him you'd already sort of been through some stuff and like now you're just just, like I just was like for me I just you know I was just fresh it was a new me I'm not ever gonna talk about what I'm going through or my grandmother or yeah you know I just didn't want to talk about it I just wanted to start you want a fresh start you know day one that's great and um Playing all his music and then you know he's like what's your goal and i said you know musically my goal would, is to beat kanye like you I was, said that yeah i was like he's like my musical idol and i would just like to for my own self just be better than him wow and um that's it i was like you know that's for my own
0: <laughs> and um and you were saying this to his cousin too which makes it even more interesting and he was like and he was like man i can see that and i
1: was like all right whatever and um He's like, cool, I'll hit you in a couple days. And then two days later, he calls me and he's like, what are you doing on Monday? And I was like, nothing, just eating top ramen. And he's like, cool. He's like, "Um, Kanye's going to fly you to Paris. He wants to sign you. That's crazy. What? And I was like, what? And he's like, I didn't tell you, but I sent him your stuff. And um, he hit me right back. And he's like,
0: so, you know, with $200 in my pocket. Yo, do you remember the scene? Like, where where were you when you kind of got this... uh this news. Uh, I was
1: at that time. I was in Hollywood. Um, I think I was just leaving DJ Ski's place. Okay. Because um, Ski was like kind of like trying to help me figure out some day job stuff. <laughs> yeah. So I was leaving there, and that was kind of when Ricky called me again. Like, like
0: you said, like a couple hundred bucks in your, yeah, to your name. Like yeah. You were so, just uh, hurting.
1: And yeah. I remember out, we were on the plane, and I'm like asking. Ricky, all these, like, roundabout questions, like, so what do you guys do for dinner? Or, like, you know, what you, like, what do you guys usually eat? You know, and he's, like, <laughs> he finally figured it out. He's, like, dude, I got you. Don't worry. Like, we'll figure it out. I'm, like, man, I just have no money, dude. Like... Wow. So, in my mind, I was, you know, going to Paris and was gonna get a free trip. And nothing was gonna happen. Like, nothing was gonna come of it. I was just gonna go... You to-
0: weren't, like, in your head, like, yo, I'm about to, like, have, like, half the production on the next Kanye no. album. None of that. No, like... I yeah. think other people
1: were kind of thinking yeah. that. I was just, like... I just didn't have the the, wow. the energy and the I just wanted to go and like play some music and I thought it was going to be cool I didn't know what to think I feel
0: like it's sort of you manage through going through your first iteration I think you know you learn to sort of manage your expectations a little bit right? Not, like not, I think
1: that for me I just wanted to not operate with expectations yeah. I wanted to have self expectations but I feel like as soon as you start to project expectations on people around you it's always like a because there's goes. so much out of your control, right? Like yeah. there's there's, well, there's a lot of like, variables that are out of our control. I feel like if you if you know where you want to go and who you want to be and what you are, yeah, then everybody else around you will act accordingly. So the moment I start mm-hmm. to like expect you to do something for me, like Sanson, like this podcast better get a million <laughs> listens, or I'm I'm done, you know. And if it doesn't, and if you don't promote this, you know what I mean. But like. Rather than be like, you know, you know what, like when I do stuff, I'm it's going to hit the widest audience possible and I'm going to do everything in my control to make sure mm. that happens. Yeah. So, you know what, it's going to get a million listens because all of my stuff is doing really well right now and that's in my control. Gotcha. So, the expectation is on me. Gotcha. Not on you. It puts it in your control. Right. Yeah. And so, for me, I always just wanted to operate like the only thing I can do is make great art. Right. And how that people makes. respond to that will be how they respond to it. But I can control the art.
0: But if you start thinking about that other thing too I much, it's gonna it's like, gonna
1: mess you up. Well, because then you're you starting know? to make art for other people. Yeah. Like, hey, Sansa, what are you listening to? <laughs> oh man, I like trap music. I like trap music. So when I come over, <laughs> I can't wait to hear your music. Oh, all of a sudden I'm in here making trap beats. No, day. man, because I'm like Sansa likes trap music,
0: but like I remember I remember <laughs> showcasing an artist for the uh, Rob Cavallo when he ran um, Warner Music, yep, right? Yep. And um, and we were in the studio, and dude stops and. You know, he's he's kind of like you know he looks like he could be like you know a straight up white dude like in an accounting firm. Yeah. But he drops his quote and he's like, "Yo, my favorite quote on the music biz is actually from Swiss Beats, and he said the music business is really just one big competition to see who could be the most honest." Right. That's and, true. And that's exactly what you're saying right yeah, now yeah, yeah, because your yeah. most honest stuff came when I, you did, know, when it was for me, and and that was most felt.
1: Yeah. And that's like, what yeah. do I, I want to hear? And so that was sort of just, you know, that was how I operated.
0: That's amazing. So wait, so let's get back into the timeline. So, so you're off on this plane now to <laughs> Paris, right? Okay, yeah. let's, let's, so. so we like, uh, <clears throat>
1: go to, we should land in Paris and we go to Ye's house and, um, we show up at his house, a beautiful flat and he opens the door and he's like, thanks for coming.
0: I was
1: like, no problem.
0: <laughs>
1: and I like walk in and, um, I remember, that first day, first night, because he had like all the chairs like in a half circle and he had a studio set up. It was him. No ID was there. Mm-hmm. 88 was eighty eight Keys was oh, there. Yeah, Keys. Um, Virgil was like buzzing around in the back somewhere.
0: He's like all his
1: people there. And so he's yeah. like, here, sit down. So I was like first day of school. I sit down and he's like, did you bring some more music with you? And I'm like, yeah and then that was a good Kanye right there like, like, you know I think that was when it hit me that all this that was happening was like this is gonna sound a little bit crazy or cliche but it was divine Ooh. felt divine it felt uh, like my grandma was um was controlling the pieces that is so heavy man and um and I just felt like in that moment wow. that um my grandma was like this is what it meant when I said go do your music wow um and I just, it was like, it clicked. It was weird. It just like hit me. And I was just like, this is what she meant. Like, this is why I'm sitting right here. And, um, and I remember I played like, yay, it was like 13 or four. It was like 14 ideas I played him and he kept 12 of them.
0: Did you get to see Kanye sort of like really like, you know, yeah, he would, was he, he like, would like turn out bobbing out the, in the he head? He would and
1: turn music. out on the volume and make
0: comments like,
1: damn, I see what you're doing right here. It's like some 90s shuffle and then you turn it <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. man, that's crazy. Like that bass sound is crazy, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was like a lot of that. And and um, and then after that, he...
0: Yo, I mean, oh, but th- that that moment, I just, I don't want to glaze over that moment because no. it's a powerful moment about your grandma and stuff like that. So um because it's got to feel kind of surreal to be in this space right i mean it all happened really quickly it did once, you got, I, you once know. I realized what was
1: going on i think when i first it, walked in i was it like, it didn't right, even whatever. click at that point nah, probably yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it was like time to play music then it was then it dawned on me that this was yeah. sort of the everything was <laughs> everything was like leading up to this moment. leading up to this moment and this exactly. was the moment that was going to be the pinnacle <sighs> kind of breakthrough for me and Man. um and i remember i played him all this music and um and he, you know, he asked me if I would stay in Paris with him and work on the album. And then he like walked into the kitchen, and I'm like a huge No ID fan too. Yeah, so and you then, got to vibe and, and with and No ID Dion, for a little bit. And then Dion walks up to me, and um, No ID walks. Dion up to is me. No ID, and he, um, and he's like, "Man, I love your stuff, dude. We gotta like, we gotta talk more." And this is the
0: first time he just he <laughs> knew about you, yeah. right? Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, man." And then he walks away, and then I'm like, ah. crazy, <laughs> yeah, crazy." And, uh, and so then I just ended up spending. Most you know, network. I want to I make a point here, too, because in that first iteration of you with the pub deal and everything, yeah. you were probably, um, I'm learning this is just a general rule in life. Anytime, like, you're trying to bang down doors and hit people up, yeah. it usually isn't a good thing. No. But if you could just sort of just, like, it's finding you, right? you know you're on to something. You know you're on the right path when it's finding you. Do you that, know what I mean?
1: I think that we all operate in this way where... Where when we feel like we're not needed by somebody, yeah. that's when we want to interact with them most. It's when we push. It's when it's we like, we try
0: and put things in a headlock. Like Benny, running, do you know what like
1: I mean? In relationships, you know, it's like when the if group, you those, feel a person the, pull away, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're like hard on somebody and you're thirsty and you're sweating them, like they're more apt to be like, "I'm yeah. cool." Like you're not going nowhere, so I'm cool. But yeah. when you like are not into them like that, that's when they always come around.
0: Yeah. And it happens all true. the time like
1: you could be I just know I, you could be so into a girl and so after her and yeah. she's not feeling you and then all of a sudden you meet some other
0: girl and you're like man and, you I'm you talk. and then all of a sudden wait, you just like, hey, yeah, you're like but yeah, yeah. you're coming back now yeah, like I'm yeah, already yeah. The music business does uh resemble dating in a lot of ways. For sure. <laughs> it does. Yeah. I think that's in every business. It's yeah. it's,
1: it's just, you know, it's like when a company's stock is hot,
0: everybody wants to buy yeah. it. When it's not, nobody does. Yeah, gets. yeah, yeah. You know, it's sure. like,
1: it's with anything, man. It's just human beings are like think,
0: that. But I think that's just a quick little sidetrack. I think that's why it's good to treat people fairly. For sure. And to be a good person because, you know, it. it everything is in flux usually. Like, there's yeah. these moments of success, like we said. Yeah. Moments when, you know, th- new things come and that goes away. Yeah. And you want people, if you want people to ride with you, um it's important to not be an asshole for sure i think when good things are coming your way
1: and i also you know there's so many people that you know you see when you're on your way down on their way up (laughs) yeah and and vice versa
0: but those those people will give you a hand so you could be up again you know if if you were cool will
1: end up back up again too yeah so i
0: just think that i just think you know at the end of the
1: day like people don't put enough emphasis on just being a good person and treating everybody like, cause like, dude, I was down. Like I was super down. And yeah. I remember clearly like
0: the body cast image is a great <laughs> image, man, by the way. Man. But I, you know, I, I,
1: I remember clearly like who was really there for me and who wasn't. Yeah. And most people weren't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't hold that against anybody. Cause like I said, people are people and I don't want to walk around with chips on my shoulder and sure. holding grudges. But then I also know like, if I ever fall down again, those same people probably will disappear again. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right, yeah. So, I, I just, like, try to pride myself on, like, you never know. So, if somebody come, if I have a meeting with somebody and they suck, like, their music's terrible, yeah. I'm never going to tell them to stop doing music because my music was terrible, too. <laughs> so, so it's so like, man. so it's like, yeah, I'm brilliant. just going to, if they have a good work ethic, I'm going to be like, dude, you got to do more work. Yep. Like, you got to work harder. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, I don't think, I'm necessarily the best singer. There's somebody out there that's better looking. There's somebody out there that dances better. There's somebody out there who's, you know, does this, plays piano better than me. But I will outwork all of them. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like I yeah. will work harder than any of those people. Yeah. And that is what's going to set me apart. Because there is going to be some dude that never made it that will sing circles around me. But he
0: just didn't have the work ethic. My favorite quote, man, hard work beats talent if talent doesn't work hard. Exactly, you know? man. Precisely. So, you, <laughs> yeah. know,
1: I, you know, and I'll never take anything away from, you know, I, I think that I am like very talented at like what I do and how I put it together, but I'm never going to allow my ego to tell me I'm the best. Yeah. Because the moment you think you're the best is the moment you stop working hard. <laughs>
0: That's right. You know what That's I mean. That's right.
1: Like I, will, I'm gonna like be the best. Yeah. I'm gonna work hard, but I'm never gonna tell myself that I am the. I'm like at the top of the food chain. For the sure. The moment I feel that is the moment where I feel like
0: I'm gonna slip a little. <laughs> you know what I mean? No doubt. Now, um, I wanted to t- uh, to touch on this too because that it was a Jesus album, right? Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of... There was, like, a lot of anger coming through on that album, right? Yeah. So, I'm just curious to know, like, when you were around Ye at that point, you know, he was still, like... He seemed, like, pretty friendly, more or less, right? Or could you tell, like... Because sometimes art and, like, your real life blur. Right. So... Did you notice like he was just in that space? I know he's getting shut out by fashion companies. It's right. obviously well documented and all that. But did you did you sense like some of that like angst was just coming through I on think, the daily um, and outside of the music too or one, what? The
1: one thing that I, <clears throat> that I um, learned from Kanye is that every album for him, he figures out what the statement of the album is before he makes the album. So it's not always about like exactly where he is in his life. And I think there's a lot of great artists did this because Prince did this, Michael did this. It's just you figure out what the statement is you want to make. And once you know what that statement is, you kind of work backwards. Yo,
0: that's crazy you said that because I'm a reader. Right. I'm reading another book right now. Um, It's uh, about this author named Simon Stenick. Mm -hmm. And um, it's called basically uh, Start With Why. Mm, Interesting. And his whole concept behind the book is fascinating. It's um, people don't buy... They don't buy what you are. They buy why you are. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like why you know. It's like that's, that's why awesome. Apple. Yeah, that's why Apple is so successful because people understood their why. Like right. they were revolutionary. Yeah, they were right, like right. Why you exist? know, Dell and Apple essentially make the same computer more or less. Right. But but Dell was just like what? It's a product. It's a computer. Right. Where's their why? yeah apple was like this super dope it. so it works for music
1: for yay you know with the yeezus album there was a certain statement he wanted to make about the world and about what and was he was being authentic on. obviously yeah. right like he'd and been our, shut out by fashion companies and, you know, and he had we, this we angst talked a lot about you know punk rock music and the sentiment of of punk rock music and you know the sentiment of like making songs that are anti-radio songs making songs without yeah. choruses, and you know i think Pablo became, you know, sort of an extension of that too because the statement is, again, it's like anti-format. And Mm. it's about trying to break the format.
0: I don't think he went after any radio on on Pablo, really,
1: right? No, and and, and it's also just the concept of, like, releasing music in a way where it's not so regimented and and rigid.
0: And I think, you know, every artist... Wait, just to be clear, so the statement on Pablo, you know, to you is what? What's the statement I think it's,
1: you know, I think Pablo in a lot of ways is an extension of of Jesus, hmm. and i think it's you know ye is, is i think he is maybe the most talked about and respected um artists of our generation in the sense of like when he speaks you listen to what he says regardless if you agree with it or not it's polarizing. even if it's a rant yeah, even, even if it's, it's a rant it's there's some, yeah, i yeah, think yeah. that's good and bad i think it's good because we need that i think it's bad and one thing i One thing I'm priding myself on is like the next generation of artists is is being like, you know, the 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 sort of complement of that, because I think more artists need to do that. More artists need to do these types of things where we're speaking our truths, we're we're telling our stories, we're talking Mm -hmm. about what's going on in the world, because I think the world is in a very dark and dangerous place. And we haven't really seen music push the culture... The world feels like it's... Since the 60s. Yeah. You know, when you look at all those documentaries in the 60s, we had like Bob Dylan and there was the Rolling Stones and there was the Beatles and all these groups. And now we don't really have that. So the world is kind of in turmoil, but you don't have a lot of artists that are actually pushing the culture and pushing like the collective consciousness. And I think Yay is been one of the only artists and beyonce is probably another one that is now yeah, starting beyonce to jump, lemonade, yeah. start to jump in the conversation mm-hmm. of like let's let's use the music to create the conversation yeah so i am like basic like really seeing that and being like yo i need to be one of those people too and encourage mm-hmm. other artists to you know john legend we're seeing him do that with like all his work with the prisons and yeah so i just feel like yay has done a great job at understanding to make, well, his, to make, his to make, father
0: like goes to homeless places, sure, right? Yeah. You know, and but it, and it's
1: also a relevance thing. It's like when you've yeah. been in the game that long and you want to maintain your relevance, you have to look at what's going on in the world and say, "That's true." How do I make music and art that's still impactful? I think all these great artists that we're seeing that are trying to push the envelope are like are like that, and they're they're uh-huh. being forced to look at the world and say, "Man, we got to make some art." that pushes, pushes forward, man. It's like, absolutely. It's and, the, like,
0: and the world needs it right the now. You know it, what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. people yeah.
1: can't think for themselves. So everybody's yeah. like following this trend and following that trend. So I think, you know, that's for me, one of the great takeaways um from, from yay and and being around the guy, like the whole camp is that there's a lot of conversations about how do we push the culture forward? Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes that's just as important as making the music. Oh for sure. You can make music in a bubble and sit there and write a great pop song that gets on the radio, but like you have to sometimes sit and be like, what is a statement we're trying to make today? Like what are we trying to say today? Like what are, what are we gonna do today that's gonna like
0: yo know, that's, great. Change, that's great insight change man. the culture? How do you stay grateful for everything you have and at the same time be ambitious and hustle for more? That's um, kind of a fine line, isn't it? I never forget where I was Two and a half, three years ago, mm-hmm. I always think about
1: just that time. Almost period. three years yeah. ago, I was yeah. eating top ramen and sleeping, wow. on, sleeping on people's couches, and wow. nobody even know my name was. And then I never forget about the reason I'm doing it and where I want to be in the next three years. Hmm. And those two things keeps me grateful and ambitious at the same time.
0: I love that you're just mindful of both, basically. I'm mindful yeah, of both. yeah, I'm I got mindful you, of got you. The past and the
1: future, and then I just make it intersect in the present. I
0: love it. I love it. Um, and then tell us, tell us, uh, what, was there a block, uh, like a mental block that was there for you, uh, five years ago Mm -hmm. that's no longer there today? Can you like call out what that um, block was?
1: I think, the, I think for me, almost everybody's mental block and speaking from experience is definitely, um, self-worth. And when you have like. When you don't understand what your self-worth is and you don't understand, like, what your contribution is, it creates a mental block. And that mental block sort of, like, hinders you from re- reaching your, like, whole potential.
0: So, i talk about blind spots with people. You're talking about just your blind spots. Just blind you know, spots in like, yourself. Like,
1: like, we all have it. Like, we all have a little
0: thing inside of, of us course. that holds us back. And everybody
1: thinks it's, like, circumstances and reasons that are out of our control. But it's all in your control. For me, I just had to hit the lowest of low points. And when you hit the lowest of low points, it just illuminated, it illuminated like like your Like, damn, that little pit in my stomach that I used to get when I get in the room with certain people is just me not thinking I belong. Oh, like, damn, I grew up broke. And so I have this weird pit (laughs) in my stomach about being wealthy because I feel like if you're wealthy, like you're, you, you, you lose the connection with who you are in your community. Oh, damn, like, I'm like afraid to be famous because it's, you can't be famous and spiritual. That's a lie. Like you know what I mean? Like I
0: feel me, like you're inside my head, man. I, mean, I, mean, I, I get think of, all this shit. Yeah, but it's just like these are like, all
1: things that we. Develop, well, well, I want to you know?
0: like comment on the money thing because actually a staple question for a lot of people is like you know that people's relationship with money, like you know there's all this like layered shit underneath that you right. know what I mean like like um because there's these cliches right like money is root of all evil. Yep. Right. The crazy thing. Uh, is money change. changes people. people like miss, all this people shit. misquote that because okay. the actual
1: quote is the love of money is the root of all evil really and yep look in the bible and everybody takes the love of off and they just say money is the root of all evil oh that's crazy <laughs> oh shit yep, that's crazy. thanks for shifting that i'm like look at yeah. that quote and they're like what's that is the quote and i'm like no no people have taken off the, the other big off. one
0: the other big one is money changes people Yep. I don't, I just you don't you don't that. buy into that money doesn't change people it just magnifies who you were Ooh. before you had the wow so if you're an asshole before money comes, you're about to be a greater asshole. I, yeah, I had this conversation <laughs> last night. I yeah. said when
1: you're poor, you could be an a hole in the closet. And then when you get rich, it's like you get to come out the Ooh. closet and be like, Hey everybody oh. I'm rich now, so I can do whatever <laughs> I want. All the yeah. little
0: things that I never share with you guys you get wow. to see. But if you But you, if you got if you got a giving spirit, if you got all that and money comes finds you. Oprah Winfrey. That's true, man. She's giving cars to the whole audience. Like, yeah, it's just, she like, it's just money is a tool, like, money to, is a tool. And it's just, that's energy, it. It's
1: energy and people's relationship to, to it is different. I mean, that's why you see so many dudes in the hood end up blowing up as like but, this or that, because like their whole life, they felt like if they were able to buy those things, yeah, like those things, yeah. The world would take them seriously.
0: Yeah, and but that's so, the wrong reasons. No, man. right. It's right. Wrong, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. you can
1: achieve it. Yeah. You can see, I got these, you. you can see these dudes and they make all this money and then all of a sudden they start buying all this stuff because that was how they fulfilled.
0: Their, their self-worth. I'm, 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 getting this mental image of baby from cash money right now. I mean, whoever it, knows whoever, it, yeah. Whoever it is. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. Is, yeah. And, and
1: that's why you see, you know, it's like, you know, I remember when I was, this is a great story. Uh, I won't say who it is, but somebody we were talking about, but a really big manager, mm-hmm. powerful executive, somebody's mentored me for a long time. And when he first got his really big check, mm-hmm. you know, big checks, he went and bought a Rolls Royce ghost. And he's like a smaller dude. Yeah. He's not a big guy. And yeah. so he was pulling up in these meetings. <laughs> he had a ghost and then he had like a Ferrari, California. And he would pull up in these meetings like and you know, and he just felt like he made it. Like I got this ghost. He's like driving up to Silicon Valley, like in his like in a, Ferrari, California. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like whatever. And yeah. um and so I I saw him and then like a few months later, I saw him and then he pulls up in a very basic Tesla, like mm. very basic, not just, mm. no rent, just the, the, the standard Tesla. And I was like, yo, where's the, where's the ghost? Where's the Ferrari? And he's like, you know what the ghost of Ferrari is? And I said, what? He said the wrong message.
0: Wow. <laughs> and he's, wow. Like, he's like, go more into that. The I, wrong I, message, meaning like it's going to, but like he showed like, up with
1: it and it was just like, everybody knew this guy just made his, made money. Like, okay. and, and, does, and doesn't, doesn't really understand money. I got you. You know, and he was I like, and I was like, man, that's deep. And he's like, he's like, these guys that are like, have like 10 times as much money as me are pulling up in pre pre assist Are like pulling yeah. up in Hondas. Like, dude, you know why? Because, because dude, they dude. didn't make, they didn't get wealthy.
0: Like, It's try- also this, man. And you know this from being in the city, right? I've been here 10 years in the game, yeah. right? And it's like, the mo- if you meet somebody that's like, yo, I'm the greatest and I'm the, no, no, no. Most of the time. Right. It's like they're compensating for something that's missing. You feel me? For sure. It's the people that are the dopest that are just like in the cut chill. Yeah. If you look at Dave Chappelle, he's a great example of that. That dude is in the cut. All the time. Backwoods of Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, I just think, you know, people's relationship to money is different. Yeah. And I think it's all about... You know your intention of making money. I mean, we all want to be wealthy because, like, wealth is is freedom in a lot of ways in, this, in this world.
0: And, but, and I think a lot of us want to do good. Like I, I, you know, I have a desire to do good. Right. You know, but if you're and not doing feel like good you before you have the money, you're dude, not going to do good. When I you have remember, yeah, I remember struggling then. I and and I got a mentor a kid from South Central, yep. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, man, like I just want to be able to buy this kid a waffle, and yeah, yeah. and and I have to think about that purchase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How am I? You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. So, right, don't push money away people. No. Nope. Tell us about a blessing in disguise like the the biggest blessing in disguise in your life. Something that sucked on the front end. I think I mean that know? probably
1: goes back to to hitting, you know, a low point, man, to losing my um losing my grandmother and, you know, running out of money. Losing a girl because it's just like, but
0: ultimately you're saying that would that that's the biggest fuel that fueled yeah, because, everything. Because right, yeah. I mean, when you're in
1: it and you're you're falling face first and you're you're being humbled and you're kind of questioning why you're even here, mm-hmm. you don't get it. Like you're just kind of like you're in it, so you're just like I want to I don't want to be here. This is horrible, and you're kind of moping around and you can't do anything. You're fighting it, kind you're fighting of too, and right? I, yeah. And yeah and it's yeah. funny because when you come out on the other side, you see it and you're like, man, this is like. This is like Jesus like fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. Wow. You know? This is, this is like Moses being ousted by the Pharaoh. This is like, you know, it's all these, you know, it's all these great, great things that we've seen that have happened historically from people where they had to like, disappear and, and rebuild and reinvent themselves and recreate themselves
0: from the ground up and it's like I mean, that's a good thing because it's almost like a shedding away you know what I mean you of, shut oh, boy, yeah, layers, sh- yeah you shed know. away layers and um and I think and some- that shit's painful Benny I just want to highlight that yeah. and I think <laughs> yeah. some,
1: some people get back up and some people don't and they kind of just end up staying down there and
0: and and that I'm telling you, yeah, it's crazy because that that manager we talking about a minute ago yeah. with the ghosts, like you know, he hit he hit a, a point of hard times, and and dude could have easily walked away for sure, yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that's what separates.
1: You know, and everybody has the same story. I yeah. I mean, you know, Kanye has the same story and Lady Gaga has the same story. Yeah. And 50 Cent has the same story. and Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, I, all these biographies I read, they everybody has. There's yeah. that. Jimi Hendrix has the same there's story. There's that arc in their life story where they could have easily walked away. Every, but every, they every, didn't. Every yeah. Passes yeah. on you. Or you get yeah. signed
1: and then you get dropped. Or you go broke. Or you lose this. Ha- or this happened. I don't
0: know if this is true, but I heard Katy Perry yeah. was dropped from three record deals. For sure, yeah. You heard about that? Yeah, right? for sure. And she was a Christian singer. Yo, come
1: on. But it's that's the <laughs> I think that tenacity is what pushes you through because
0: you learn you keep learning lessons until you finally find your authentic 100%. self. Hundred percent, and oh, life man. is short. We kept on coming like, what else we can do but go? F- we, right. we gotta follow what's been put inso- inside yep. of us. Yep, you know. And sometimes you know I. think... That's why Kanye's label, man, getting out our dreams. Yep. is it's good music. It's, it's good great. Music. Yeah, it's and great. And I think. Yeah.
1: I think a lot of times. We just forget that the journey is as important as the destination.
0: Well said, man. You know, and it's like we a lot of us that are on the hustle, we, 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 yeah, we're not present for that middle ground, and, and when that's you, get around, you know, when you get yeah. Around
1: people, or like even when I get around some of my old friends, or you tell those stories like man I remember when we didn't have heat Yeah, and we were in there making beats wearing like down jackets and beanies and remember when we had a split top ramen and you know it's like those are the stories you don't tell the stories of like remember when we were in the G5 flying to New yeah, York yeah, like yeah. it's like that story's stupid like the dope stories
0: are like the ones where like who we were and where we were before all this happened you know what I mean that's kind of what this podcast is about too man yeah. you know I think highlighting the different iterations right. of ourselves yep um because everybody goes through it, and, goes through it. And, and another reason why i feel like this is important to talk about is with with social media i think that's that it could be doing a lot more harm than good at times right. because people only put up the highlight reel right you see what i'm saying for sure there's so much struggle behind the scenes yeah. for most people they gotta yeah. keep pushing and going and people are i think people are embarrassed of that but i think that's you know, I mean, no, but if, if you feel like it's about inclusion, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, we're all on a path. Be honest. And yeah, be honest. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh man, maybe I don't have to walk away. Right. You see what I'm saying? I was like, I put this thing up, this post up yesterday
1: because I was with a friend of mine on, um, Sunday and he was like, just had a kid and he was showing me. I by, think came, I saw
0: this one came, dude he came, <laughs> he, came by, he
1: came by the studio I was Show at me pictures, yeah, He came man. by the studio I was at And he was like Yeah man this is the baby And, and he was like This is my two year old right now And this this is my wifey And this is us at the park And cool. I was like Man he's like Yeah hey, we're doing it I was like This is awesome And he's like So yeah man So like what's up with you And I was like "Um, You gonna hear my new single <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, right, that's yeah. all I had. I was yeah, like, wow. I was like so, and I played it for He's like, Man, it's amazing, I love it. And I was like, that's my that's my kid. That's <laughs> like that's all I got, bro. Wow. And yeah. I love um, you know, um, Elon Musk who created Tesla. He, he's like And
0: PayPal. And PayPal yeah. Yeah, all time, I mean, mm-hmm. but
1: he has he has a great um little speech I saw and he's basically saying like, Look, the way I look at it is like I have like sixty to eighty years mm. on this planet. And he's like, the planet is dying right now. And he's like, I have information and technology that can help save the planet. So he's like, I have no time to waste in my 60 to 80 years to help turn things around. That is so heavy, man. So he's like, I got to work every day. And maybe I won't have time to go to the movies with my girlfriend or my wife. Maybe I will miss a couple of the Little League games. Maybe I won't be there for graduation, but I only have 60 to 80 years. And I was like...
0: There it is. That shit's like, real. Well, well said. Well, wow. well said. You know what I mean. Wow. Um, and uh, you know, here's here's another real interesting staple question. When do you know to keep pushing for a certain project, and when do you know it's time to move on?
1: That's interesting. Um, yeah. That's a hard one for me because you know, as a an artist, I've gone through a lot of different, um, I guess transformations and things different and projects different you probably projects. produce
0: for different artists yeah um, and,
1: and so i think from speaking as myself as a an artist who we've just put out the first single on my album um
0: congrats brother. yeah but i but i'm saying
1: that just to say that it's something that you just have to feel inside of you i think as a producer it's one thing because you look at a project and you're like for me it's like as long as the project's giving me goosebumps i'm gonna work on it for, that's a I, good answer. And yeah. I, and I use that for my own project too. As long as I'm making music that's giving me goosebumps and I'm yeah. excited about, I'm going to keep making it. And it, and I don't care like.
0: When it feels like it's flowing, man, right? right. And, and, and there's a, there comes a time when, again, I know this because I, I manage a lot of artists yeah. and, and in each one of those things, there was a time where it was like, I feel like we cracked it open and we're getting our yep. attention and love and deals. And then yep. there's a time when it's like, oh shit, we're trying to put this thing in a headlock. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And it just feels like, that sort of um, that sort of like ease um, for a minute. Not to say it's not a lot of hard work. It is, but there's an there's an overall sense of ease right. and a flowing that shifts into we're we're going uphill at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, and I think when you start feeling like you're going uphill at a ninety degree angle, then that might be time to like look for the next. Yeah, second, and you know, I think I it's know. also
1: like it's an internal internal thing because just because sometimes you're not getting results from the people outside of the yeah. core group of people. It doesn't mean. I think it's when it feels like it's you're being forced. The music is forced. The art is being forced. But when the art feels good and yeah. people aren't responding, that's not. Necessarily that doesn't matter. matter. Yeah.
0: Right. 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 It doesn't matter right. Okay. Okay. You're like the art is good, so let's just keep. So it's the internal compass, really, that yeah. that, that, that dictates when to keep going and yeah. when to. I, that's what I. I i really fuck with that answer because for me it's Thank like <laughs> everybody looks at the external stuff like oh it's not reacting
1: at radio oh yeah. it's not this and it's like but do you believe in the song does this hmm. remember how you when you first heard this song did it were you jumping out of your seat and did you feel like oh my god this is a moment if that if you felt like that there's definitely a million people in the world that can feel like that too even if you haven't found them yet if you haven't found yeah, them. Now yeah. We have yeah how to find them and maybe we're not going to find them at rhythm radio or we're not going to find them on youtube or on spotify maybe we got to figure out another way to find them maybe we'll find them on the road maybe we'll find them here and i just feel like that's what people in 2016 man there's so many ways to find a fan base
0: 100
1: and people get so caught up in the traditional ways like like radio like you really trying to talk
0: to me about radio <sighs> like that's what that's how you're going to gauge like if a song is a success success or not i don't think i mean like frank ocean is one of the dopest modern artists to me and he didn't really have there's radio so many, right i mean yeah so many <laughs> artists
1: that like have like no radio
0: and and are bl- like blowing up big success big stories success, i like, mean james blake is ill james and, and, blake, and he, no he no radio yeah yeah yeah, yeah 200 million streams
1: you never yeah. heard on the radio yeah and huh. so it's like
0: 100 um All right, we'll wrap up with these last two questions. Um, What advice would you give to your 18-year-old self?
1: To my 18-year-old self, you know, I'll I'll probably tell myself to get out of my own way Mm. and to not worry so much about what everybody thinks about you. (sighs) I would tell myself, go in a corner and just make what's exciting to you. Get back to the roots of why you started making art and music and don't ever worry about people's expectations of you or what they think
0: i feel are. like we just touched on that so it's that internal guidance yeah. right and, and i and think at
1: 18 that was like definitely oh, every so 18 hard. year old is yeah. like making, i feel like you just want to be accepted yeah, when you you're a mean, teenager you yeah, 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 yeah 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 exactly and you want to like be you know as opposed to like just do what you feel like just do what's what feels right for and you.
0: that speaks to the process these different iterations that we go through yep at the end of the day, it's just about becoming the most authentic version of ourselves For as sure. possible. For sure, yeah. yeah. So I think that would
1: be my number one advice because that's something I wish that I... um I don't wish, but like, it would have been cool to have discovered that earlier. Yeah. What's your favorite quote? So there's this really great um, Baha'i quote that I um, really love because it always reminds me of how short this life is and just how we have to really make the most of it. And the quote is the days of your life flee away as a breath of wind and all of your pomp and glory as the pomp and glory of those that have come before you shall be gone with the wind as yours
0: is now. Damn. Wow. <laughs>
1: but my favorite part is always okay. the days of your life flee away as a breath of wind.
0: Cause it shows how fleeting, yeah, how wow. fleeting
1: life is. And I wow. like, that's one of the ones that I like remind myself of a lot. Cause I'm always just like, on days where I'm like,
0: do you feel like... My other great...
1: My other is, favorite quote... Yeah. is We'll um, take two. I'll take two. My <laughs> other favorite quote is, if you feel dumb because you're unproductive today, there's somebody outside looking for Pokemon right now. <laughs> 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 so there's two for you. Oh, man.
0: Killing them, Benny, with the <laughs> quotes. Yes. But definitely, yeah, days your
1: life, please, bro. That's my favorite this week because I've been thinking a lot about that.
0: Well, and and one of the things I had to share on that is like I feel like we can feel like it's not happening fast enough. Right. Do you think that's normal for a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah, artists? You, cause you, you always want to,
1: you always want to reach goals and you always want to get to where you want to get to. Like now. So like now. Yeah. Nothing's ever fast enough and we have a limited time here. But yeah. I also think like we don't understand sometimes that the work that we're doing for our our soul and who we are is just as important it, as the other work. And
0: it's perfectly timed out. I love what you said when you were in Kanye's, you know, living room in Paris. Like you were like, man, like, it clicked for you. Right. Like, a certain sequence of things had to take place right. Right. for you to really be there and earn that moment. And that's years. You point, know what I mean? Like, like years. You look if, at it from, like, a teenager to that point, you're just like, man, all but, of it. But if that moment happened, like, six years
1: prior, like... I probably would have missed it. You would have missed it. Yeah. And I would not have been ready for what came after that, because after that moment, it was like the floodgates opened. There you go. It was like...
0: So, we have to trust you know, in, in the process of our unfolding.
1: Yeah. And you have to have faith that the journey is already mapped out. Yeah. And you just have to stay on the path.
0: Can I share my favorite quote? Please. I love it. (laughs) Uh, Life isn't happening to us. Life is happening for us. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So there you go. You're in control. Um, Drop your socials real quick for people. It's all just yeah. Benny
1: Cassette, Y S. Instagram, Twitter, what are you
0: active on? I'm
1: active on, I stay pretty active on everything. They're all connected. Yeah, okay, cool. Instagram, Twitter. I have to now. I get yelled at if I'm not.
0: That's right, management, right? Like, yo, records coming out. Like, what are you
1: doing? Like, you got to stay active. You got to post.
0: That's real. Yeah, man. Um. Can't get lost in the shuffle.
1: No, and I put all the stuff that's going on, releases and all that on there.
0: Dope. Got a lot of great And congrats on the new, you said the new single just dropped
1: singles out entertain us doing great on spotify um we got another one coming out september 1st album top of february um are you going label or no label on this one i am kind of signed to a label um um, i am so we're is the
0: announcement coming later or what's the yeah well we're we're gonna announce what's what's going on in concrete
1: later um you know i'm signing good music um as a producer and writer and they have is part- Pusha T active. They, on have, that, part- right? they yeah. have participation in my album as well. Okay. Um, okay. so but you know at the moment Spotify has just basically been like the platform for everything. So we've just nice. been doing everything through Spotify.
0: Well that's where uh, it's uh, at. Yeah man. pusha
1: pushes they they all everybody's doing their thing. It's like a yeah. it's like a, a great stable of thoroughbreds over there. Absolutely. Everybody's yeah. just doing their thing and um, It's crazy. And so it's good. So I try to keep it diverse and I try to like not only work on the good music stuff, but like I have a lot of other projects on the production side that are coming out.
0: From top ramen to here. Top ramen
1: <laughs> owning to, uh, <laughs> a house with a studio. That's
0: amazing, man. You know? Well, very happy for you. thanks you, bro. And great great journey, too, man. Great, hey, thank, thank you.
1: And great podcast, man.
0: Appreciate that, yeah. man. Appreciate that. All right, signing off, everybody.